You're listening to The Final Stand with Pastor John. You know, I had uh, a couple different uh, prophetic experiences. I shared them with the brothers here. Um, and I'm going to get into some uh, prophetic word. This is for the body of Christ. And you may not be... Um, well, you know, you might think I'm going to prophesy about the, the future or something. I'm not going to. I'm going to tell you what what the Father is telling me. First place, the prophetic is to reveal the Father's heart to the church, okay, and to reveal what is happening in the earth to the church as well. Okay. So it's the, it, it is revealing the Father's heart, but it's also on deeper matters of, of what is going on in the Father's heart. And I had this experience, a vision, dream. I guess it doesn't really matter. But... It was, it was like a dream, and it kept on going on all night long. And it was the same basic dream and details and such. And the dream was, was about things that block people, things that block people. Now, at some point, I had a vision and saw Jesus. He didn't say a word to me. It wasn't about seeing Jesus like him talking to me. The vision was about seeing Jesus behind things. And that is that Christ was trying to speak the whole time, but he couldn't be heard because things were in front of him. So I saw this, this vision all night long. I, I, I woke up and went right back into it, right where it started, right where it left off. So I went right back into it. And honestly, I was like, man, I've already seen this. This is the same thing because it wasn't changing. But I believe it was showing that no matter how many different um, things are different that block the Lord, the focus was things block the Lord. And Now, what do I mean by this? Well, some people say that the Lord doesn't speak to them. He speaks to everybody. And what I saw clearly in this vision dream, and I want to say that because it wasn't like a normal dream. It was like a dream. And within the dream, it was a vision. And what I saw, I couldn't share it all here, was basically this concept and i'm doing the best as i can as a human being to share all of this but what what i saw was that we put things in front of the lord it might be our career and i shared this like um with elise azar and uh, no no not not with him with um oh alessandro and gary in the morning and uh, I shared it with my wife as well. So everyone's heard me share this. And it's been now maybe like a week or so since I had this experience. And 
Anyways, this cat scratching the wall doesn't know this cat has no respect that I'm doing the program. <laughs> Anyways, what do you do when you have something like that happen? I, I don't know. You throw a shoe. Okay, she stopped. Anyways, sorry. But so in the in the in the vision that I had, I shared with everyone here was that I saw that things can block us from hearing God. And they could be ambitions, they could be family, they could be um, loved ones, um, they could be sin. There's so many things, but they, they, are, they are whatever we put in front of Christ. They're whatever we put in front of Christ. Now, this is one of the most important prophetic words you'll ever hear. You say, really, absolutely. And I'm going to tell you why, because I'm, I'm writing a book right now on the prophetic. And, but the thing is, is what the Lord showed me even about this, in this book that he gave me a vision to write, with, is that the church has, has replaced him with the prophetic. That it's idolatry, what they're doing. And it's a form of witchcraft. Because... When you look to anything but Jesus, you don't see Jesus. And I could explain it this way as I asked the Lord to speak to me in the morning uh, Bible study. He gave me this word, and I don't even know the song. I don't, I, 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 this is just a passage in a song, and I heard it, but I don't know it. I couldn't sing it, couldn't tell you the name of it. I know Keith Green wrote the song, and these were the words that Keith Green said in the song. And I was trying to explain what I'm saying to you right now, and I asked that the Holy Spirit help me to make it clear. And this is what the, just came to me, just like that, boom. And it was this. It's hard to see when my eyes are on me. And so the reality is, it's not that God isn't talking. It can be your anxiety. Your anxiety, your 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 goals. It can be, it can be your despair. It can be your fear. It can be anything. It cannot just be an idol. It could be anything other than Jesus will block Jesus. And so what I, the vision all was about was basically that Christ was there. He was there. I saw him at some point in this two days experience because it just wasn't a dream and vision. It was, it continued on in the day. As I saw Jesus, I saw him standing real clearly, and he was clear. He was pristine, and you know, pristine, and he was clear, and he was vivid. But he had been there the whole time, but he couldn't be seen because of anxiety, fear, idols, and this primarily was about idolatry. But also, I know that anything can block Jesus, and so people were basically. Like, Lord, I can't hear you. I can't see you. Why aren't you speaking to me? And it was as if the Lord was saying, I'm here. Can't you hear me? And he, and it was like, you know, can't you hear me? Can't you see me? And not as a, as a question, but a question for us to answer. Can you not hear me? Can you not see me? And the reality was that things had blocked our ability to hear 
and see the Lord. But the Lord had never left or forsaken us or abandoned us. But we had in, in many ways forsaken and abandoned the Lord to pursue whatever it was or be distracted. That this is one of the number one reasons people don't hear God is, you know, you're all caught up in, you know, the crises of your marriage or the crises of your family or the crises of your children, the crises of your bills, the crises, and, or you're trying to get somewhere. You're trying to get a degree. You're trying to get an occupation. And these things are so forefront and 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 uh, big to you that they literally block Jesus. And so this supernatural experience is that, and I'm telling you, this goes so deep, much deeper and more profound than you guys can even get, trust me. And you say, really, absolutely, because what the Lord has, this book I'm writing, the Lord has shown me that the church has fallen into great and deep idolatry. Um, like in the book of Acts, the gentleman, he asked if he could buy the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And 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 I think it was Peter or Paul, I forget which one, it's immaterial, but they, he, they said, which either gentleman it was, that that, that God is going to judge you because of your desire to buy the gifts, the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, today, many people that move in power, uh, healing, miracles. Remember, Jesus said in that day, I'll say to many people, depart from me. You haven't done the will of my Father. And the Lord has showed me that the church has moved. And I I had a vision that here recently that the Lord explained some of these things to me that anything, this is another vision, that anything that replaces Christ is idolatry, anything. And it is a form of witchcraft. So when the church gets so focused on the prophetic and don't understand that the prophetic is a result of somebody who, who sets their life aside for God, prays and seeks the Lord, and that, that everything that is supernatural has to come out of union with Christ. And understand something. Let me say this. Everything that is supernatural, that is of God, has to come out of union with Christ. Anything that is supernatural and doesn't come out of union with Christ is not only under suspicion, it's delusion. It is not prophetic. You're channeling evil spirits. Did you know that people that operate in the gifts of the Spirit in churches and prophesy to people, many of them are operating in a familiar spirit, and you're like, and you like it that way. You enjoy that because they're saying just good things to you. They never have a discouraging word. It's just always up. It's like I said, some people don't like what I say, and some people have even attacked me for saying, like, look it, you know, understand something. 400 prophets prophesied to Ahab, and you would side with them. They all prophesied peace and prosperity. And, and Micah, they all said, Ahab, go to war, you'll succeed. And Micah, 
he, Ahab said, well, give me a prophetic word. And then And Micah said, well, go to war. You'll succeed. He said, don't lie to me. Tell me what the Lord told you. And he said, okay, I'll tell you what the Lord told me. You're going to get killed. And he said, I told you Micah wouldn't give me a good prophetic word. Throw him into the dungeon. And so I get attacked because I say, what? I say a lot of these people out there that only say good prophetic words are full of it. And you attack me because of that. And you say you have integrity. Oh, you're a hypocrite, aren't you? Yeah, you are. You're a scam artist is what you are. I'll call it like it is. And people don't like it when I talk that way. We'll get over it. I'm not going to be nicer than Jesus. Okay. The truth is, I prophesy like Micaiah, and I say, listen, hey, there is a cabal of Christianity out there of the prophets. You you don't know that? Are you so naive that you don't see that if if that you're not led into some of these prophetic things if because you preach that a Christian can fall away, because you preach that you need to live a holy life, because you don't because be, listen, so you're not led in because you mentioned sin and you mentioned hell? It's the truth. Or you mention anything that is discouraging in any way, and boom, you can't be a part of it. It doesn't matter how accurate you are, and if people wanted to see accuracy, I've got too many hours for you. If you're going to be honest, if you're going to judge things that I've said, if you can be honest, you'd have to go through uh, 800 videos that some of them are two to three hours long with prophecies constantly happening all through them, okay? And I don't think you will need to do that because I, you don't have the time, but you're also dishonest. And I'm, I'm just, and I don't even know why I'm saying this right now, to be honest, because it wasn't even planned at all. But you're just dishonest. People like you, you're just dishonest. And so, you know, you can't be nicer than Jesus is my point. And when you are, you know, uh, you're phony. Jesus said, when people say nothing but good about you, that's how you know the false prophet. So go ahead and, and, and make judgments against prophetic ministries, but God didn't call you. God didn't ordain you. And if you're not careful, you may not even be around. And that's not a threat. I'm just telling you, I've, I've seen this in the prophetic ministry and that I've been in for years. I've seen people that have done this kind of stuff. They they shine for a little while, then their marriages are destroyed. They crack up. Literally, I've seen this. This is not a threat. I'm telling you. You think I'm, I'm saying this for, for manipulation? You're wrong. I have, I have watched it out of experience. So anyways, my point is, okay, on this, and I'm going to stay in here on this message, is people, okay, have their agendas. And, and everything that you see is not of God. And your agenda will block you from hearing God. So people will be out there attacking people. This is my point. And they think they're hearing from God. And they're listening to a devil. As I said before, the, one of the, the warnings that I received from the Lord is about the stumbling block judgment. You're so blind you cannot see Christ because you have a spirit of bitter root judgment and bitterness, and, and you're conceited and you're critical. I'll tell you something the Lord told me, and I'll get back onto what I'm talking about. But I'll tell you this. I one time was in a, a meeting where the glory of God fell on 4,000 people, and the whole crowd, we hit the ground all at the same time. The glory just hit. 4,000 people hit the ground. In that meeting, I remember a young guy, he got up and he was dancing, and he couldn't dance or make a, couldn't dance a move or, or, or do anything, nothing. I mean, his terrible dancing. And I looked at him and I said, oh, that's like ridiculous, right? And I heard the Lord say, don't think that thought because he's mine. And when you think that thought against him, you think that thought against me. And I was shocked. 
at the seriousness, the brevity, the sobriety of that word, because this guy looked ridiculous in his dancing before the Lord. He, he, he had no moves. I mean, he didn't have the Pentecostal moves. He, he looked like he looked like he was having a conniption or a spasm. And I heard this as clear as day. And I'm going to tell you something. God's people may not be perfect. But if they fear the Lord, don't you touch them. You're not sent of the Lord and you haven't been ordained of the Lord to do that. You know what Paul said? Here's a scripture and I'm going to get back into what I was saying. But it's just I got to be led of the Holy Spirit and what I do. Paul said, I received a ministry of the Lord to not tear down, but to build up. Okay. Let me see if I can find that, if that may be wrong where it is. Just give me one second as this is uploading here. Okay. Okay, James, uh, James, not King James Version, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8. I heard the whole, I heard the Lord speak this to me last time recently here in my Bible study here at the house. Uh, it didn't, it wasn't uh, germane to the, what we were, I was teaching here at the house, so I didn't say anything about it. But uh, he, here he says, for though I should boast somewhat more of authority, which the Lord hath given for to build up and not for to destroy. So, so, so Paul said, I received a ministry of the Lord to build up and not to destroy. God didn't give anybody a ministry to tear down other people. I don't agree with false doctrine, but I don't make people a target because I understand and I have the wisdom from seeing Jesus, that the greatest judgment a man or a woman can fall under is the terrible judgment of the stumbling block. And so I don't attack other people because the Lord told me, don't, he warned me, don't do it. And people think they've been called to the Lord, but the reason they, they're doing what they're doing is that they don't know the Lord. They're deceived. They've been overtaken with delusion and pride. And God hates those. One thing he says he hates is those who sow discord among the brethren. And they think they're doing God a favor. And the Lord would, would wish that they would get out of his way. And, and I pray that God would not judge them. And I say that sincerely. I don't want God to judge these people. They're silly. Okay. The Lord says he hates those who sow discord among the brethren. Okay. Proverbs 6, and I'm going to get back into all that I'm sharing, but I just, all of a sudden, I feel, Lord, I can feel the presence of the Lord, by the way. And, uh, and I'm not going to say I can feel the presence of the Lord and not feel his presence. Um, I fear the Lord. I'm not going to say that. I won't use the name of the Lord in vain either. I'm just going to say what the Lord tells me to say. I love you all, and 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 uh, that's the way it is. Okay. 
Just let me get the scripture right here. Okay, so verse 16, these six things, this Lord, hey, yes, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, false witness that speaks lies, then there's a comma, and he that sows discord among the brethren. So he's telling you, he's saying, look it. And you can go down up here talking about the wicked. This is what wicked people do. And this is Proverbs 6. Okay. He says here, a naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. He winketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. He teaches with his fingers. Frowardness is in his heart. Pardon me. It's King James. Frowardness in his heart. He devises mischief. And he soweth discord. This is not the fruit of righteousness. This is the fruit of unrighteousness. He says, where there is discord, this wisdom is not from above, but it's devilish and sensual. So you're operating in the devilish and sensual. That's the truth. That's the truth. And and people, uh, and, and the reason I'm talking about the message, I'm not digressing, is see, some people cannot see God because they've got other things in their life, maybe hatred, pride, uh, envy, jealousy, backbiting, slander, hatred, self-righteousness. So they, they don't, so they can't hear from God. And they're out thinking they're doing a work for the Lord. Jesus said, People will kill you. That's what Jesus said. He said, they will kill you and think they're doing the will of God. That's how delusional people can get. They can go out and kill other Christians and think they're doing the will of God. Jesus said that. He said, they'll kill you and think they're doing the will of God. You know, people can get that delusional, think they're doing God's work while they're killing and hurting other people. And they're a stumbling block. That's true. It's the truth. You've been warned. Remember, I'll tell you one thing. I heard, I shared stuff like this one time with a person, and they blew me off. I was telling them, this is what this scripture says. Now, there's, there's sins of omission and sins of commission. There's sins of doing what you're not supposed to do and sins of not doing what you're supposed to do. And so I was telling this person, this is what this, this scripture says. You're to do this. And this is Jesus because there's no separation between Jesus and his word. So you could just imagine that he's sitting right here right now and he's talking to you and he's saying, when you have aught against your brother, go forgive him. Okay. When somebody asks you to go a mile, go two miles. Okay. Pray for your enemies. And this person just blew me off like whatever, you know. And I was like, wow. And so as I was driving in my car and I was thinking, Lord, I don't understand how anybody can blow something off when it's actually you speaking. And then I, it it just, it was like I heard automatically. They will be judged by those words. And I was like, what? And then, then the, the Lord began to speak to me. And this is what I heard. I said in my word, that in the end times, people would be judged by my words. You gave them my word, and now my word will judge them. I'm giving you his word. You will be judged. 
Understand that. You don't have to get a witness of it or anything. It's just a fact because some people are so blind they cannot see. And he, he describes uh, who is a naughty person here. He says, a naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. He winketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. He teaches with his finger. Frowardness is in his heart. He devises mischief continually. He sows discord. That's right. That's what wicked people do. It's not a ministry. It's just wickedness. Therefore shall calamity suddenly, suddenly shall it, he be broken and that without remedy. Six things does the Lord hate. Yes, seven are an abomination unto him. A froward look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, hearts that devise wicked, imaginations, feet that are swift and running to mischief, and a false witness that speaks lies, and he that sows discord among the brethren. That's the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Bless you. Hear the word of the Lord and receive that. In Jesus' name, the word of the Lord has been spoken over that. Okay, so, but I'm giving you an example of why people will be delusional and do stuff that's unbiblical. Why? I'll tell you why they will. Because those people, those people are delusional. There's no gift and calling to destroy God's body or cause division in the church. You're not called to do that. You're self-appointed. You're self-anointed. You are a stumbling block. Just telling you. Getting back to the rest of it, but that just came, so I just preached it. It's interesting, though. I'm like, wow. I wouldn't be one. I wouldn't want to be on the other end of that, to be honest. That's before God, before God Almighty. That's how I feel in my heart. I wouldn't want to be on the other end of that. And I don't cherish to say something like that. It's just, boom, it is the way it is. Back into, see, this is why people have blindness. They think they see, but they cannot see. Jesus even talked about it. He says, because you think you see, you're judged. When you think you know everything, when you think you are a full cup, then you are not. And, and, and if you don't think that you can learn, that's a bad situation to be in. So, again, the church has got to return to Jesus. I'm going to say some things here, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time because I've got other things to do. And so, but I'm going to share some things that are important about tuning you up. And that is this. Okay. God is talking all the time. Your desires will keep you from hearing from God. If your desire is to obey the Lord, then you will hear from him. If your desire is to do something other than that, and there is, is a duality of desire in you, then you will not hear from God. As I saw in the supernatural experience, you will not. It isn't that the Lord isn't speaking. It is that you your desires are blocking him. And it's your heart that is not the Lord's. And so this is a very important thing. Like I said, all prophetic or revelation, all that which is spiritual that is from God must come from union with Christ. 
anything that is prophetic or spiritual via vision, dream, or word does not that does not emanate, does not come from union with Christ, unity with Christ, fellowship with Christ, is under suspicion and is outright idolatry, and in many and most cases is witchcraft of some form. Because when you offer to people, you tell somebody, here's a book on the prophetic. You need to hear from God, here's a book on the prophetic. You need to hear from God, here's a video on the prophetic. And you don't lead them to a life of consecration and repentance and to understanding God is the source. And you give them a book, this is idolatry. Let me share a vision I had here. Here's a vision, this is a literal vision I've had. In a vision, I saw a pastor. I could actually discern his heart. And you got to listen to the whole matter so that you understand what I'm saying. Otherwise, you're going to go, well, that's false. No, listen to the whole, the whole vision and the interpretation. So a very good pastor, good heart. I, I could see that this, this pastor had a good heart. And one of his parishioners came to him and said, I, I need direction from the Lord. And the pastor basically just reached over and grabbed a Buddhist statue, a Buddhist statue, and gave it to him. The vision ended. And I said, well, Lord, that cannot be the literal interpretation. No, it can't because visions aren't and dreams aren't literal always. So I'm like, for two weeks, it troubled me. I'm like, Lord, what is the interpretation? And then the Lord began to download the interpretation. He said, you know, the, the, what that pastor should have been done when he was asked about, about he needed to hear from God, he should have told him, you need to go seek the Lord. You need to, to, to make sure there's nothing in your life that's blocking you. You need to make sure you're fully surrendered to God. And you must get on your face and seek the Lord and pray and make sure you're repentant and everything. You must do that. See, listen, if you offer, if you, if you, if you hand a book on the prophetic to somebody and say, here you go, here's, this is how you hear from God. This is idolatry. You hear from God by seeking the Lord. Everything that is supernatural must come out of unity with Christ must come out of fellowship with the Lord, must come out of union. The Bible says that he that is one spirit, that he that is, uh, what does it say? He that is joined to the Lord, it says, he that is joined to the Lord, Corinthians, is one spirit with the Lord. So when you tell somebody, hey, look, here's a book on colors, how to understand colors. Here's a book on how to understand numbers. Here's how you hear from God. This is how he speaks. And you don't tell people, listen, you got to know the God who is speaking. Because if you don't know the God who is speaking, if you're not in relationship with the God who is speaking, then you'll, you'll take counterfeits. That you need to first establish a walk with the Lord, a relationship with God, and you need to be living in that relationship so that you can hear God. If you don't know God, how can you understand and discern his voice? If you have not cultivated a, 
a relationship with God, then how will you recognize him between that which is counterfeit and that which is him? Because not every vision is of the Lord and not every dream is of the Lord. Not everything that you hear is of God. You're not God, by the way. So when we do this, we're, we're committing a sin of idolatry. And I am writing a book on the prophetic, but in this book, I'm writing about what the Lord told me. I had two different visions and several lots and lots of visions, but he told me one of the things that I was to discuss is this concept of leading people into idolatry, into the idolatry of the prophetic. Did you know that? Yes, it's an idol. Anything that replaces Christ is an idol. Anything that you love above Christ, anything that you worship above Christ, anything that you put as a priority above Christ. And when you say, here's a book on colors or numbers or on the prophetic, and you're not telling the people to know the God of the numbers and the colors and the prophetic, you are, you are, you are misleading these people away from God. You must know the God of the colors, the God of the numbers, the God of the dreams, the God of the of, of the visions. You must know him personally and cultivate a relationship with him. And today people don't have enough to discern it because they don't walk with the Lord. And so they listen to everyone that is out there. And they don't fear the Lord. Just like if Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, you know that the words that I'm saying are true. He, he said that. Listen, people are deceived because they follow people. And I've even shared this. These Calvinist people, I, I used to be a Calvinist. I used to be a once saved, always saved person. I was a liar then. That's honest. Every Calvinist is a liar. And I was a liar. That's ashamed and embarrassed to say it, but I was one time. I once believed, once believed, do not believe now, that a person could be saved and never lose their salvation until I had a, a visitation of Jesus. He told me that's a lie. Well, why couldn't I see it? Oh, I could see it. The Holy Spirit told me when I read the Bible that a Christian could fall away. When I preached as a pastor, the Holy Spirit deep inside of me told me that what I was saying was a lie, but I didn't want to hear it. And so my desire to not believe what the Spirit told me, I could not hear Jesus clearly because I was putting something in front of him. And whatever you put in front of the Lord will speak to you. If it's your desire to, to, to marry some girl, if it's your desire to go to some country, if it's desire to build some business, if it's whatever it is that you desire is your God that is above God. That's your God. And your God will speak to you and your God will lead you. And you will believe your God because that is the God that you have made after your own image and your own desires. And this is the vision that I had from the Lord that God is trying to speak to people constantly, they, but they cannot hear him because they're not fully surrendered to him. They're not willing to obey what he's going to say. This is where delusion and deception comes in. The Bible says, because people would not receive the love of the, uh, the truth, 
he gave them over to strong delusion. That's a, that's a principle. That's a spiritual law. When you don't want to hear the truth, you'll believe a lie. If you lo- And then it says because they had pleasure in unrighteousness. When y- you have something that is more desirable to you than to know and to obey God, you will be sent delusion. And you will believe that you're right in your delusion and you'll continue in your course the whole time being deceived. And you can find others who are as deceived as you and they will agree with you that you are not deceived and that you're okay and you're on the right path. And no matter how many liars and deceived people you get together, you're still in delusion because you would not receive the truth because you you preferred and had pleasure in unrighteousness. Anything that is, is not putting Christ as king and God in your life is unrighteousness. And so people do not hear from God because they have other gods. And so this vision the Lord showed me, the not the first one I talked about, but the second one, the Lord showed me. See, the pastor should have, when that young man came to him and said, Lord, you know, he said to his pastor, hey, pastor, I need direction from the Lord. The pastor said, well, you, you should go pray. You should seek the Lord. You need to have a relationship with God first. You know, you just can't go up to people that you don't know and start talking and expecting them to talk back to you. You've got to first introduce yourself, and prayer is introducing yourself. And then relationship is walking with the Lord, doing what he says. So first do that. First do that. And those who those who introduce themselves to the Lord and those who say, I'm willing to obey you, and then those who are willing to obey him and then live that way, hear from God. And it's quite normal for them to hear from God. It is not a, a, a strange thing for them to hear from God, since after all, they're cultivating a life of the spirit. And not to be spiritual, we don't seek this, the prophetic to use God, to get leverage. This is all witchcraft. This is all idolatry. We must love the Lord supremely. And we must seek to cultivate a relationship with God. This is why people don't hear from God. Because they love themselves. They don't love the Lord. Oh, John, I love the Lord. I don't believe, I believe, listen, I've heard people say they love the Lord and they're fornicators and they're drunkards. No, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So then what is your love that you feel? It's a delusion. It's an end time delusion. You're deluded that you love the Lord. If you're breaking the Lord's commandments and your heart is not broken when you do and you and you have a spirit of repentance and you purposely, uh, practically practice righteousness and follow after it, then the then you do not love the Lord. You're deceived. You're delusional. Okay. You don't want to, listen, emotions, emotions are not your GPS. The word of God is, not your feelings, not your emotions, the word of God is. The spirit of God is to be your GPS. Now, the the, the Holy Spirit is not going to default you to, to live righteous. The Holy Spirit is the GPS. You've got to follow it. 
That's why it says if you're led by the Spirit. Listen, if you're led by somebody, it means that you're following. You're the one who's actually walking. You're being led. The Holy Spirit's not going to hijack your life, set you on default for righteousness. No, you've got to follow righteousness. That's because you're a free will agent. So my point in all of this is we must return to our love for the Lord above everything. And the church has been so corrupted by so many things. And we're afraid to be still. And we're, we're, we're afraid to tarry in prayer. You know you're not right with God when the ideal of praying makes you uncomfortable. You know you're not right with God when you cannot sit and wait and tarry. Sure, the flesh is going to fight you, but once you get into that sweet spot of prayer, it's good. When you evaluate yourself, and you ask the Lord to evaluate you and help you to repent and help you to love him and you seek him, and, and it's all about intimacy. I don't want to make this cheap, people, and people have made it cheap because they're using even the preaching for their own benefit, and I don't want to do that. And they hear something that's true in their spirit, and then their carnal mind corrupts it because they're like, that's a good message. That's true. And then their carnal mind says that'll preach, and that, that'll, that'll be good in church, or that'll, that'll, that'll write a good book. And so their spirit is pure, and they hear a truth in their spirit, but their carnal mind corrupts it. So understand what I'm saying. I'm not cheapening this. Intimacy is the purpose you were created with God. We have cheapened it to an outer form without an inner conviction we have made gods after our own making and have forsaken the Lord. And we have prophesied in the name of the Lord and haven't even known the God we're prophesying over. This is the sin of the church. And you out there don't even know when these different people go into churches and they prophesy they're actually channeling spirits. You don't even know that. Because you're so hungry for a prophetic word that you'll listen to divination. Because if, if, if a meeting doesn't exalt Christ, it's witchcraft. It's idolatry. See, how do I know that? Because when the Holy Spirit comes, it says he will not speak of himself. So when there's preaching, and the focus is not to get us right with God and to get our eyes on Jesus, then it's not Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he won't speak about himself. So the focus of the Holy Spirit is not a denomination, an association, an organization, an affiliation, some man of God or some woman of God. The focus of the Holy Spirit, he said, it's to speak, it's to, to tell you the things that I've taught, to exalt me, and to exalt the Father. So when we go in and we talk about prophesying or speaking in tongues or healing people and all of these things, and Christ is not exalted, we have a Christless Pentecost. This is idolatry. The church is full of it. 
And this is the word that I received from heaven. That you personally must get rid of the trash, the garbage, the motives, the ambitions, the ulterior motives. And you got to get all, everything out of your life so you can hear from God. You, that's the only way you're going to hear from God. How can you trust anything that you hear as long as there thing, there's things inside of your heart? How long, how can you trust, how can you trust to hear the Lord when you're having an affair with the world? How can you do it? Jonah fled to Tarshish to trade with the world. I've heard this recently, this preaching, it's good. Jonah fled to Tarshish from the presence of God to trade with the world. You know, the church has fled from the presence of God to trade with the world. So they're, they're having volleyball games because they're fleeing from the presence of God. So they're having volleyball games and single meetings and they're having harvest festivals. And they're having Christian rock so they can get the youth in there. And they're trying to be like the world in, in, instead of the world being like the church. And they fleed from the presence of God and they fled to Tarshish and they're trying to trade with the world. Trying to be like the world. Come out from among them, my people, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I'll be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters. Do you not know that friendship to the world is enmity with God, and he that will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God? What fellowship does light or a believer have to do with an unbeliever? See, the, world, the church has been like Jonah. They fleed from the presence of God, and they've gone to Tarshish, the world. And so now they're trying to do everything they've got christian shirts and christian bumper stickers they're they're trying to they they go to motivational speeches on how to grow churches what about the anointing what about the holy spirit what about jesus christ another thing the lord talked to me about was this the bible paul said that the preaching of the gospel is foolishness to those who perish, and he said it's foolish to the Greek, and he's talking about the intelligentsia, okay, of his time, but it's also talking about it today. Some people, if you say, look, the blood of Jesus is enough, you don't need the blood of Jesus and deliverance or the blood of Jesus and inner healing or the blood of Jesus and psychology, they'll say, well, that's silly. But guess what? Paul said, I didn't preach anything but Christ and him crucified, and I didn't know anything else. Now, Paul didn't know what you're talking about. He never mentioned inner healing in, his, in any of his epistles. He never mentioned deliverance. What he talked about was the cross and how that if you repent, and then he told you if you sin to repent again, and he said that the cross was enough. It was, it was enough to bring you to the Father. It was enough to clothe you in righteousness. It was enough to restore you to fellowship. See? He believed that the cross was sufficient, but now we don't believe that the cross is sufficient in 2022. We think we need inner healing or deliverance or psychology, and Christ and his blood is no longer enough sufficient to save, to forgive, to cleanse, to free. Listen, the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can forgive you. 
Whether you walk with the Lord or not, that's your own business. Once that you've been forgiven, God doesn't didn't make you an automaton. You don't have to walk with God. You can choose not to walk with God. You're the sum total of your choices. What you choose is your own business. Understand that. But listen, the cross of Jesus is the message today. And the cross of Jesus, wherever you're at, the blood of Jesus is still powerful enough to forgive you, to cleanse you, to free you, to reconcile you, to bring you back to the Father, restore fellowship. And the church has gone the way of the Greeks. The academia, the intelligentsia, They've gone in that way where he said, Paul said it. He said that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who perish. He said to the Greeks, it's foolishness, the, the message of the cross. Because it's the message of the cross is, if you turn to Jesus, ask him to forgive you. He will forgive you and he will save you. That is the message of the cross. Now understand something. We need to walk with the Lord. But that's the cross. That's the message. That's what I preach. And you need to understand that because if you if you don't understand that, you've been deceived by the rudiments of this world, the doctrines of men, and the traditions of this world. Okay? That is the truth. Now, there, I, I'm not going to get into more on that subject right now, but I'm just telling you, see, the church is gone astray from the message. Understand something, by the way. Paul the Apostle... His 18 epistles are not the pillars of the church. The gospels are. The early Christians taught the gospels before the, the, the Pauline epistles. That's documented in early history. When James said that faith without works was dead, why was James saying that? Because he was dealing with the heresy that, had, that came, that evolved from falsely understanding the teachings of Paul. It's historical. That's the date, the same time. Boom. Okay. Paul's, Paul is alive. James is alive. And James is writing this letter while James is alive. Paul is not the, is not the bishop of the New Testament. At that time, history says in the Bible that, that James was the bishop of the church. And James is writing a letter to people who say, look, and you can just have faith and no works at all. And he's saying, listen, you misunderstanding. Faith without works is dead. And he said, we understand. It's in the Bible. James, the bishop of the early uh, the church, who was over even Paul, he said, look it, that Abraham was not saved by faith alone, but also by works when he offered Isaac his son, and then God called him friend. And so the scripture was fulfilled that God called him friend. So we see that faith is made perfect by works. John, when he said to repent, the Baptist and bear fruit of repentance, he said, repent and bring forth fruit of repentance. And then he told people, look, if you've got two shoes, give one pair away. And if somebody asks for you, give to him. Okay. And he said, see, do things that keeping with repentance. He didn't just say, well, I repented. He said, bring forth fruit of repentance. You're supposed to be living a life bringing fruit of repentance. Are you bringing fruit of the repentance? Are you truly following Christ? Or have you been deluded and deceived and misled by a false gospel? People want me to merchandise what I'm doing. They write me letters 
and they tell me, only, pre, only give your prophetic messages quickly. This is the way to do it. Give a quick prophetic message and get off, and your channel will become world famous. You're right, but I'm not here to do that. I'm a shepherd, and I'm, I, I'm shepherding. I'm teaching the flock. It's not popular to do it. So I'm not going to have a church like Joel Osteen. I get it, but I'm not here to do that. I get it. I know that if you read on YouTube, it tells you that if you're going to do something, don't do it for two to three hours. That's that, that They're like, hey, you, you people can't concentrate that long. I get it. But Paul was long in preaching. It says that in the book of Acts. And when a guy fell, fell asleep while he was preaching and died, he fell, he fell out of the top balcony and he hit the ground and he died. Paul went and laid hands on him, raised him from the dead. Now, Paul wasn't in the flesh. It says he was long in preaching. He had an anointing. Okay, and like the Lord has revealed to me that it is it is the it is the law of spiritual capacity. And what is the law of spiritual capacity? That he that is faithful little be faithful in much, and he that is unfaithful little be unfaithful in much. And the law of spiritual capacity is that if you've got a five minute spiritual focus, that's all you're ever going to grow. And see, some people they say that they can only focus for five minutes. Well, that's your spiritual capacity. But if you want to grow in your spiritual capacity, you're going to have to listen to some preaching. And Paul was long in preaching because, because you've got to teach the word of God. So I get it, and I appreciate you who say, right, do, John, just do your program, five minutes, boom, be out of there, and you'll, be, you'll have the largest YouTube channel on earth. If all you just did is five, you know how many times I've heard that? It's great advice for somebody who's trying to build a YouTube channel like Joel Osteen. It's, it's, it's great for somebody who's trying to become a millionaire. I get it. I understand that. Do your five-minute prophetic update, doom, and you're out of there. I got it. I've heard this, and I appreciate it. I, I thank you for your thought, but I'm not here to do that. Just to understand that that's not why I'm here. Okay? I pastored in eight different churches, and I have a pastor's heart. I care about the sheep, and I want people to make it to heaven Okay, and I know I'm going to give an account of my life before the Lord. And because of this, this makes me tremble. Because I remember that Paul said, I didn't fail to share with you the full counsel of God, lest the blood of any would be upon my hands. And so I'm like, wait a second. I got to tell people that they can fall away, though people will unsubscribe when I say that. Well, don't mention that people can fall away, John, and you'll get more subscriptions. I get that. I got it. Don't preach about hell so much, John, and more people will follow you. I get that. I understand that. You're not, you're preaching to the choir. But what are you as a pastor, apostle, teacher, and evangelist called to do? You're called to preach the word like it is. You're not called to edit it or, or do deconstruction of it. You're to preach the word like it is in season and out of season. You're to do that. Paul said, I give you this charge before the living God to preach the word. So he tells Timothy, he says, I give you this charge before the living God and the angels to preach the word. The instant in season and out of season to rebuke, to reprove, to exhort. He says, because the time will come where well, they will not endure sound doctrine but they will turn their ears away from the truth and look for people to tickle their ears and they'll listen to doctrines that are of the devil, like Calvinism. 
So I got to keep it real here, keep it true here, and preach the truth. I can't lose my vision and not see Jesus. I've got to see the bigger picture. It's about Jesus. So it's the centrality of Christ. So Jesus rose from the dead, and for 40 days he preached the kingdom of God. He didn't preach you could have your best life now for 40 days. He preached the kingdom. So therefore, I must preach the kingdom of God. I want to, in a simple way, the best that I can aspire to in life, as he was about doing the, the, the will of his father and doing the will of the kingdom. So I desire and would like to, to strive to do the will of the father and to be working for his kingdom. I, I've got to be humble about that. I'm human. I can't, I, I, I don't think that I, I'm not saying it like, you know, like, I'm like Jesus because I'm human. But I understand that Jesus was like, I'm here to do the Father's will. He said, I'm not speaking my own words, but the words that the Father has spoken. That's what Jesus said. He said, I'm not speaking my Father's word. Go look it up. Jesus said, I'm not speaking my Father's words. But he says, but I'm, he said, I'm not, pardon me. He says, I'm not speaking my own words. Jesus said, let me, let me read this, say that again. Jesus said, I'm not speaking my own words, but the words of my Father's. He said, I don't say anything unless I first hear my Father. Okay. And he said, I'm here to do the will of my Father. In fact, it says in Hebrews, it says, it's written of me. That and the volume of your word that I'm here to do your will. That's what it talks about Jesus. So as a human being that's not arrived yet, in 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 my imperfect efforts, I want to preach Jesus Christ. I want to point my finger to him. I want to pathetically as I can restore the awe and the wonder of God to the church and help it to get away from its idolatry and love of itself. So I strive to do that by preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified, Jesus Christ and him exalted, the beauty of our Savior, the wonder of our God, and so that's the focus is if we can restore the awe and wonder of God to the church, if we can restore a love for God to the church, if we can restore the focus of the, the, the Christocentrality of Christ, where it's Christ in me, the hope of glory, where it's Christ about me, the hope of glory, where I think Christ and I speak Christ and I see Christ and I live Christ and I breathe Christ. And, and where I seek to crucify myself so that Christ can live in and through me and that through my life, Christ would be exalted and worshiped and glorified as an earthen vessel. This is what I want to do so that so that I can see clearly and help others to see the beauty of Christ, that Christ is your answer, not your denomination, not your pastor, not your association, affiliation, not not your 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 pet doctrines okay that it's not some man that needs to deliver you. you need some prayer from deliverance from somebody some inner healing some psychologist you need jesus when did jesus become inefficient jesus can't forgive you jesus can't save you jesus can't heal you jesus can't restore you that's what he came to do he's not capable of doing that 
You got to go to to these other things, these other idols. No, I want to bring you to Jesus, and I present to you today that Jesus Christ is the answer for the world today. That is what I present to you, that there is no other answer to your dilemma, to your problem, to your lostness, to your brokenness, to whatever it is or wherever you're at. The answer is Jesus Christ. And that you need to come and say, God, forgive me of making you into a religion or a form or going through rituals and losing the substance of loving you and worshiping you, and honoring you as God and God alone. Let's not make Christianity cheap and prostituted and empty. Let's bring Christ back to the church. Let's bring Christ back to the church and to be the center of the church. He built it. He bought it with his blood. The father sent his son to build the bridge from the Son to the Father, so we could live in fellowship with them, so, so that he could impart to us the most sacredness of his presence, and that through this we could live in a communion with God, and we've dirtied it, and we polluted it, and we made it materialistic, and we've made it an advertising thing, and we've done everything about this, but what's right. And the church is thirsty for the glory and the presence of God. And we've given them, we've given them programs and we've given them schemes and we've given them plans, but we haven't given them Jesus. And this is the message is we must remove the idolatry from the church so we can once again see Jesus. And as I close, I want to say this too. There will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I've been preaching it for nearly 30 some years after I had a visitation about the outer outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I've been preaching about the shaking, this shaking before anybody was, you know, anybody that you know today was using the word shaking, almost anybody. I can honestly God to say that I've been preaching about God is going to shake the heavens there for years. I heard that as a prophetic word as a young man in my 20s and I'm 57. God wants to bring his glory back to the earth. That's why he's shaking the earth and shaking the heavens. That's why he's doing it. Why is God doing what he's doing in the White House? Why is God doing what he's doing in your house? Why is God doing what he's doing in my house? Why is God doing what he's doing in the economy and the and, and the countries and the nations? Why is he shaking the heavens and the earth? Why is he doing this? He's, he's, he's shaking it to say, get up. He's saying it to say, look at their scales on your eyes, remove them. He's saying that to say, get out the wax out of your ears. Sorry for that. He's saying that to call the church back to a, a intimate relationship, a love of God. And if the church doesn't get back to this, whatever we do will not last. Whatever move of God comes to the church will not last unless the church comes back to pure intention. Every action that is executed without pure intention or without pure motives is worthless in the kingdom. And so when we serve the Lord without pure intentions, without pure motives, every action we execute is impure. 
We've got to come back to loving Jesus and loving one another. It's what we got to do. The church has got to do it. There's so much more that I could say, but I fear that a lot of you, it's not time. But we must return to Christ. And when we return to Christ, Christ will return to us. Because the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. See, that's biblical. If you don't feel close to the Lord, guess who moved? So do what's necessary, okay? God wants to be with you. He, he created you for the sole purpose of relationship. We've got to get back to this. God bless you all. Thank you for, for following the program today. I see you out there. Thank you so much. Amen. And uh, I appreciate you all. Amen. You, you don't know how much. Just keep us in prayer. We've been we've been going through some things recently um, here in, in, in our ministry. Um, just pray for us. We, we, we love everybody. And just pray for us. Um, it isn't easy. Also, uh, just pray for us, me and my wife. We're we're not 60, but we're we're getting close to 60, me and my wife, you know, and we've got our grandchildren here. And that's not easy for people our age to have to do that. And my daughter doesn't drive. Uh, we live in a very high mountain area. She's afraid to drive. And I get it because there's cliffs all over. And it's 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 even it's nerve wracking to live in such a high area with cliffs all over. So, uh, at it, you know, my age, you know, at my age, I am, uh, you know, almost like being a father again, because I believe it's my responsibility to take up the slack and that's not easy to do. So we just pray for us because we do have a lot of pressure that, you know, my son-in-law died last year and he used, so he, both of my son-in-laws died last year. <laughs> uh, Tyler died and Sam, but, um, my, my one daughter, she's living with us with the two grandchildren. My other daughter since then has been re, uh, remarried. And so her son is being raised by another gentleman, but my, my daughter, Sarah has no husband. And so, you know, it's my job as a father to pick up that slack and my wife's so we are grandparents, and so just do pray for us. We're humans. We get tired, and we're nearly 60 years old, and we get physically worn out, and we're doing a lot, plus the ministry here, and uh, it's it, it 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 gets it weighs on us. It's not easy, and um, maybe you think it, it, it you you may not understand that, but uh, trust me, it's not easy doing what we're doing, plus ministry full time, and uh, not just this here. I do other ministry as well. And because uh, this is a 513. But anyways, there, the, there you go, guys. Love Jesus. Get whatever's in your life out. Make sure that you're right with God. Make sure that your spirit tells you you're right with God. And it can. And if you spend enough time in prayer, your spirit will tell you whether you're right with God or not. You are a spirit wrapped in a soul, living in a body. You're not a human having a spiritual experience, but you're a spirit having a human experience. The Bible said in Genesis that God created man in his own image. And we understand theologically 
We understand that God is not a human and does not have a physical body. In John, the gospel, chapter 4, verse 48, it said God is a spirit and seeks those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So we are created in his very image. We're not created in the image of an animal or a creature or, uh, or, or uh, you know, something else an animal, a creature, an angel, but we were created in God's image. So God is a spirit. So therefore we are spirits wrapped in a soul, living in a body. Okay. Okay. And we must serve God from our spirit. And that means that we must take our, our bodies and subject them to the dictates of the spirit and listen to the spirit that is inside of us. The Spirit of God, will he's speaking right now. If you can't hear, get on your face for like an hour. Get on your face for three hours. You go, oh, I can't do that. Well, guess what? I prayed for four hours many days of my life, okay? Because sometimes you don't hear God until you really press in. And sometimes there's things in your life that have got to get out, that are blocking your spirit, that are stopping the flow. And you've got to get on your face. And you don't need to pray that long. A lot of times you just get on your face 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes and you'll begin to hear from the Lord. But you've got to do whatever's necessary. And when you pray, the Spirit of God will tell you if you're right with God. Not your brain, your spirit. And then when you when the Spirit of God tells you that you're right with God, then you can be like Moses. And what, what was Moses? Moses said, I will not go unless your spirit goes with me. And I'm not talking about just feeling the glory of God. I'm talking that quiet little inner voice that tells you you're right with God. That's the most important thing. I feel the glory of God. I feel the glory of God. I feel the presence of God. But what's more important than feeling the glory and his presence is that quiet little voice that says you're right with God. Yeah, go ahead. Turn, turn, the, turn that on. You're going to hear some sound here, people. We're turning on the air conditioner. Um. Turn it on low for now. I'm going to close up anyway, sir. Oh, she's turning on the air. It gets to like 110 sometimes here, 102 where we live. So that's that's a swamp cooler, people. No multi-millionaire here. We live on a, a small ranch area up here. It's where we have our ministry grounds here. Sarah, take that cat out of here. If you want to... Toss her in the microwave. Anyways, just kidding. Anyways, get her out of here because she wants to talk. But let's get our focus on Jesus. And listen, your spirit can hear God. So stop living out of your, 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 you got to live out of your soul. You are your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's, Jesus said to love God with your soul. So you're to take your soul and subject them to God. But you got to listen to your spirit. Because you are a spirit wrapped in a soul, living in a body, and you got to listen to your spirit. It'll tell you if you're right with God. And when it does, then you're good. Then live out of that revelation that you are right with God. See, I'm not living out of a revelation that I'm a prophet or a teacher or a pastor. I'm living out of the revelation that I'm a son. Because a prophet, a teacher, an evangelist, a pastor, they're only titles. They're not titles, pardon me. They're not titles, they're descriptions. I'm, I apologize for that. That's blasphemy, actually. They're not titles, they're descriptions. Because Jesus taught in the kingdom there is no titles except for the Lord. Okay, they're not titles. And I can prove it by scripture. Apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, those are not titles, they're descriptions. And we don't we don't live out of a description. 
our, our title is a son or a daughter. And when we learn how to live out of sonship relationship, then that's when we are going to matter and, and, and count in this world. And that's where God can use us because we're living as sons and daughters. And that's what I, I'm, I'm preaching here. So pray, seek the Lord, repent, make sure the Spirit of God tells you inside of you that you're right with God. And your spirit will tell you you're right with God sometimes when your mind says you're not. Because you've done everything that's right, but the devil's in there. Remember, he's because there's a disconnect between heaven and earth. The, the accuser of the brethren is out there. Okay, So you'll feel that spiritual warfare. But you've got to listen to your spirit. And your spirit will say, hey, your heart is right with God. You've repented. You're walking with the Lord. You need to know that. And I'm going to tell you something. The world has a wrong teaching, but you've got to know yourself. That's true. You got to know yourself. You can't be sitting around with your brain in some uh, in some thing of water floating about, not knowing who you are. You got to know who you are. You are a spirit wrapped in a soul, living in a body. I know that, and I actually saw that when I had a, a visitation from Jesus, and He took me out of my body. My body just sat there, like a, a container, and the real me, my spirit, left. So the body is not who you are; it's your spirit. And so you've got to not listen to your body or your intellectual mind. You've got to listen to your spirit, and your spirit will tell you where you're at. And we're to live by listening to the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's how we're to live. And that is all about relationship, people. Okay? Please do pray for me also as I'm writing this book. Amen? That the Lord will help me. God bless you. Shalom.